You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome once again. We got a Friday the 13th coming up, which means we've all gathered around the campfire here once again. It's a little warmer than it was last time. We're going to put the final nail in the coffin of a franchise that has so many final nails already in it, and yet it still keeps coming back. We're going to wrap up our Friday the 13th discussion with the third special this season, covering parts 7 through 9. So Friday the 13th, The New Blood, Jason takes Manhattan, straight up lie, and uh, Jason goes to hell. I'm joined for this discussion. Well, Paul is returning. He was with me for parts one and two of the special. Hey, Paul. How's it going? And I'm also joined by Jordan, who is a huge fan of the franchise and was supposed to join me on the second special, but I am an idiot and spaced it off. But you're here now. I'm here now. I'm here now, and I was there in spirit because I listened... And I agreed with 92% of Ooh. what everybody said. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Interesting. Uh, you were recently on the show, though, because I was like, oh, well, I'm sorry, I forgot. I got to get you on the show as soon as possible. So you joined me for the Critters-Gremlins discussion, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, dude. Had a great time with you, Randall. And uh, passed along to my other co-hosts from Movie Guys Podcast. They thought it was hilarious. They sent it to their friends, and everybody thought it was a great show. So I enjoyed talking about this one because these three – are just bad awesome. And these are the this is this is what the Kane Hodder trilogy. Yes. Well no, not trilogy because Jason X, but so yeah, this is when Kane uh made his debut as Jason. Yeah, zombie Jason, essentially. Paul, what do you do? You have a show, don't you? Yes. I host Moose's Monster Mash. It is a month monthly horror uh podcast where we talk about horror movies and all things horror related. And Jordan, you mentioned it briefly, but just a reminder, you're on a show too. What, what's your show? Uh, our show is Movie Guys Podcast. It's a very simple show. We review the newest movies of the week coming out, and if there's nothing awesome or we want to waste our money on, we go and watch a Netflix movie. So check out Movie Guys Podcast. All right. Yes, let's get into this then. Friday the 13th, we'll start off with uh, Part 7, The New Blood from 1988. It was directed by John Carl. Is it? Buchler? Buchler? I don't know. I'm horrible I with think, names. I think it's Buchler. Buchler. And written by Daryl Haney and Manuel Fidello. One of those is a fake name. <laughs> they are. Wasn't Daryl, what, wasn't Daryl Haney the guy from Green Acres? One of them, it's for real. It's a pen name. Like, nobody... Somebody did rewrites. Nobody knows. It's never actually... Like, the real name's never actually been released. So, I don't know if you guys know this or not. So, I myself am a big Jason fan. I'm not going to claim that I am the uber Jason fan because there are guys out there that know about this shit way more than I do. But I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to this shit, right? So, check this out. 
after Friday the 13th Part 2, they had a small little studio that they created in New Jersey called Jason Productions. Have you guys heard of this before? No. Yes. Oh, perfect. Okay, so how Paramount made these movies was Paramount said, hey, Jason Productions, make another Friday the 13th movie. You make it. We marketed it. That's pretty much the agreement, essentially. So they were sitting around the table one day, and they were like, what are we going to do for part seven? And somebody had a bright idea, and this is the quote from the documentary, the Crystal Lake Memoirs. Let's have Carrie versus Jason. And that's how New Blood came about. Carrie versus Jason. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Jason Productions was basically Skywalker Ranch for the Voorhees franchise. Yes. So way cooler than Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Way cooler. Yeah. Yeah, way cooler because you get to like, like in this movie, you get to kill people with party novelties. <laughs> Maybe right? a, a, a little lower tech, but still. Right. And my favorite kill of all time, but we'll get to that. Here's here's the brief overview. We don't need to break this. We're not going to, like last time, we're not going to break them down bit by bit because I, I feel like, and I can sense that we all have enough random stuff to say about these movies. <laughs> we'll be here for days. But yes, yeah. the brief overview according to the moviedb.org, as I always go to, a young girl who possesses the power of telekinesis accidentally causes her father's death after a family dispute at Crystal Lake. Years later, when a doctor tries to exploit her abilities, her power becomes a hellish curse, and she unwittingly unchains the merciless, bloodthirsty Jason Voorhees from his watery grave. Randall, that plot summary sounds somewhat understandable. <laughs> yeah. But then when you press play in the movie, it's like, what the f***? This, man, okay, so my... my the. I mean, I have more to say about this movie, but the only thing that actually comes to mind, like I was watching, I've seen this before, I've seen all these before, but I rewatched these just within the last few days, and the only thing that comes to mind is like, you know, on paper, this actually sounds super cool, and I don't mm -hmm. know what, it, like, it's kind of a, on one hand, it's a very back-to-basics Friday the 13th, it's let's kill a bunch of partying teens around the lake, on the other hand, you throw this Carrie uh, telekinetic chick into it, so that's uh, like a new wrinkle. On paper, it all sounds kind of cool. This is the most boring Friday the 13th movie. Like, I was I was bored to tears during this movie. I don't know what it is. It just lacks... I don't know if it's the direction, if it's just a little stale, because there's a lot of elements I like in concept, but in, like, execution, it's seems very bland to me. And that's my initial takeaway from this recent rewatch. The pacing. No, I, both of you guys, no, no, no. Number nine has the pacing issues. This one is fun. This one is just grab a beer, grab your girl, have some friends, watch this And then this movie's fun. This movie's ridiculous fun, guys. Oh, and you, you get... Come on, okay, okay. This, this, just, just think about this concept for a second, right? We got parts two, three, four, right? Where you have Jason, he gets killed at the end of part four. Part five, you know, oh my God, it's Roy, the EMT. And, and then part six, you know, he comes back Frankenstein style, right? And this movie, Kane Hodder plays Jason for the first time. And we have the spinal cord coming oh. from the back. The design of Jason, he's squishy. It's great. I'm not saying it's there's squishy not. Squishy Jason. 
I, dude, <laughs> the Jason makeup in this is the best out of all of them. All of them. Hands down. I love the Jason design and the makeup in this one. I'm not saying there's not high points. Like, it's got some of the best kills. It's the the telekinetic attack. The Basically, the showdown at the end is cool. Even that's paced really slowly, but it's it's cool. And Kane is great. I will totally agree with that. He is hands down the best Jason. Like, there's noticeably more of a performance to Jason in this. And it's not over the top, but yeah, he does have a great physicality. Kane's great. Movie's still kind of dull. His Jason is across the board renowned as the best Jason. Well, I like it because his movement, it's, you know, it's not just like a dude who's just standing there looking menacing. There's what Jason chooses to look at. I mean, he's got a mask on. You can only do so much. It's all body language, but there's stuff there. And Kane does play him where there, you could tell there's a motivation there, but not so much to where it's like, it feels off. And we'll get into that more with the next one. But, um, I don't know. He nails the movement. It's perfect. He's a killing machine. He's aware, though. He's not just like barrel straight forward, but he's not overly aware. Tell me, one of you, uh, Paul, let's just say, since this is the first time you and I have ever talked to each other, tell me one thing that you think that is just awful in this movie that you just like, oh, God, really? Give me one thing that you think is terrible. I think it was edited uh, poorly. Ooh, edited poorly. Ooh. Interesting. Why is that? Honestly, I think if it were edited better, it would have uh, the uh, action and just the overall storytelling would have played a hell of a lot better. It's just it seemed like story driven and not character driven. And this this story in particular led itself to be a character driven Jason movie. But if you are going into a part seven, how much? How much character-driven parts are you expecting right now? Because we also have this sleazy, was it therapist, psychiatrist, whatever, tomato, tomato, guy who was trying to, like, bang the main chick as well? He, he He's weird, right? He's very yeah. weird. He's very weird. And it's like... I, I say he's trying to bang her and exploit her. And the mom. I feel yeah. like I've... I feel like I set a weird tone by trashing the movie off the top because like i said there's a lot of stuff that i i really like i like this weird subplot with the telekinetic chick and her doctor who's not even masking kind of what a despicable d-bag he is and that he's clearly exploiting her and he's taking her out there to get her all worked up so she'll i mean they even say it outright later in the movie so she'll do tricks i like a lot of stuff about this movie so my point is i don't we don't have to get into like what's horrible about it. But Paul mentioned editing. I don't think the editing of the movie as a whole is bad, but this is one of the ones, and this is one of the ones that famously like suffered the most from being censored, having to like edit, resubmit, edit, resubmit. I think I read somewhere up to nine times they had to resubmit this, trying to get it down to an R rating. Yeah. And this is, I mean, a lot of other movies where you can tell they had to like, reel back the murder scenes. You can tell because it's like, it just cuts away when it's like, there was probably something there. This one, you can tell because there's bad edits during the murder scenes. There's edits that are unnatural. It feels censored. Whereas the other ones are just like, well, if that wasn't censored, that's just kind of lame. This one, you can tell it's censored. 
and that hurts it, but I know that's not their fault. Yeah. It fell victim to the times. Is it their fault though? Because here's the thing. The reason why that I'm praising this one is because I know what's gonna happen in, in eight and nine here. <laughs> and I'm and uh This is the I, last I, I, of the like serious semi semi serious. Yes, yes. Yeah. They stopped getting serious after four because four was the last time Jason ever ran until the remake in two thousand nine. Because here's Here's something that I read a long time ago that I found it was interesting. Is I'm sure you guys will both agree. Part four, Jason was human. Still. Like two, three, and four, he was still human. He was kind of strong-ish, kind of like a la Michael Myers in a way, but he could be killed, right? But in part six, he got resurrected like Frankenstein. And then in that movie, I'm sorry, part five was when he started walking because of the imposter. But in part six, when Jason came back, he started walking again, right? Mm-hmm. So... Now we get zombie Jason. Do we like zombie Jason? Because that's something that we got to think about for later on, because this movie sets the tone for what Jason is going to be, unfortunately, till this day. And that's an interesting concept to think about. Which one? Was it the last one that he actually got resurrected? Part six got resurrected by Tommy Jarvis, yeah. Yeah, and went full murder zombie, like... No denying it. Full murder zombie. But the reason why that a lot of people call the zombie Jason from what, from what I've read and stuff is because of the look, you know, the skeletons, mm-hmm. bones coming out of him, the way his face looks when the mass breaks away from him at the end. I love his back piece in this, by the way. I'm okay with a zombie Jason. I feel like, oh, the next one really bad. Like the teleporting Jason. Yeah. I, can, I can get I can get behind I mean Michael Myers teleports all the time and he's just a dude, right? Like I can mm-hmm. get behind a teleport because it's the film style, you know, it's the genre style to where somebody sees somebody there and looks away and looks back and even though there's no humanly way possible they got out of the shot, they're gone. Fine. That's right. a teleport. But I mean in the next one, he's literally teleporting across the room with a chick looking at him the whole time like I could do without that, and I don't feel like... I mean, technically, that's here, but not as bad as it is later. No, you're 100% right. It gets, it gets it's, it starts in part six, because I feel that part six is actually kind of a shitty movie. If you guys ever went back and looked at part six before, it's not a, it's not bad. Oh, it's not good. Yeah, it's... It's, it's not good. It's bad. It's, it's, yeah. I would say it is bad. It has... Some of the most memorable moments for me of the series, but the movie itself mm. is not good at all. Right, because there's that scene when the woman is in the puddle and Jason comes down with the spike, you know, and, and threw her head in the puddle. And then there's an American Express card. And there's always that soul that don't leave home without it. <laughs> so, uh, but I think what Part Seven was trying to do, the way that Part Seven looks, the way that Part Seven feels. The way that Kane Hodder is trained Jason in this movie, knowing what we're going to get next, Randall, I feel that part seven is the last great standard Jason movie. It's going to jump the shark after this. The series just goes so off the wall so quickly after this point. I mean, it, I, arguably it starts here, but at least to stylistically, yes. That's why I say they kind of, on one hand, this is like a back to basics. 
no frills except for that massive frill that is the telekinesis. But like the actual like the execution of it, it's closer to the traditional original Friday the Thirteenth movies than what's coming up. Right, because okay, first of all, the kids. I hate these kids. I'm gonna be honest with you. The kids that I hated the most was part five in the whole franchise. Besides the beautiful voluptuous lady in part five. Yeah. Uh-huh. Other than that, the kids, the teenagers. What I mean by kids. Yeah. Uh, terrible, terrible. Just not a good group. Right. This group I found was fun. They were very stereotypical. So we already know that. So let's just push that inside. Right. But all these kids had great kills in it. Right. What was it? Uh, the black guy had the party uh, blower thing in his eye. Now, Who would have thought I've done that? That was great. I don't know what it is like, because I feel like this is a better movie than the next. Than, well, than at eight? least than the next one for sure. Absolutely not. You shut your mouth on that one. But, oh, the logic of this movie, as ridiculous as this is to say, is far more sound than the next movie. The next movie is downright stupid. But that said, the next movie entertains me endlessly way more than this one. Right. So it's that divide of like, it's not necessarily because, I don't know, man. So does that, I guess, make the next one a better movie? No, it doesn't because the next one's absolute garbage. But the next one is kind of like the room, where it's like it's you know, fun garbage, man. Absolutely, you don't watch Jason Takes Manhattan by yourself. You're just that weird guy. Then you know what I mean. You watch Jason Takes Manhattan with a case of beer and your friends and your friends' wives that are like, "Oh my god, this is stupid," you know, like like that's what what Takes Manhattan is. That's like the room. This movie fails. Because of the ending, and I don't want to talk about the ending yet, right? Because mm-hmm. I want to get Paul into the ending. But this one does give us the what people have said in the seventh entry in the series. This movie gives us the classic sleeping bag kill. Yeah, yeah. Not as brutal as I remembered it to be, but fun. It was. It was fun. I have seen better kills in the franchise. I don't get why people find the sleeping bag kill so iconic but it's fun the uncensored scenes of this exist but there's not like an unrated cut of this available i believe on a dvd you can see the cut scenes and i could be wrong but i always had it in my head that he rails against that tree a couple times with the sleeping bag now i know that he does that in in jason x but if that's not the cut scene, then I'm just remembering wrong. Yeah, I'm always a little surprised, like, oh, the sleeping bag scene. And then it's just one whack against the tree. I was like, oh. So I, I hear you. It's not as brutal as I remember either. But I think it's the idea of it, kind of the simplicity of it. It's a combination of brute strength and also, like, how did nobody ever think of that before? They're in the sleeping bag. You just grab the sleeping bag and slam it against the tree. Well, I mean, like the Superman kill is iconic for the franchise. I, I I will never ding that, and I hope the people that are listening to this understand that I'm not dinging that either. It it, it is great. I'm just trying to figure out why people clamp to it so much when there's so many great kills, like Crispin Glover with the corkscrew in Part Four. 
That's oh, yeah. my favorite kill. Like, why is the corkscrew? And then machete to the face or cleaver to the face. Like, so good. It's shocking. You know, what this one is not. Uh, doesn't he also? But see, the, the funny thing is that my brother told me this. And I, and, I, and I don't talk about my brother a lot in Movie Guys podcast. But my brother is three years younger than me. I am 33 and he's 30 now. He is a huge Jason fan like I am. And he's always said that part seven is, is his favorite. And I've always asked him why. And Brandon is his name. And Brandon said, because part seven is when he uses all the gardening tools. <laughs> because doesn't he go after and kill somebody with a tree trimmer? Looked like a weed whacker. I'm not, I'm not up on my uh, foliage uh, foliage maintenance. So, uh, and what they would do is, is they'll take this thing that looks like a weed whack with a blood salt in it, but they would take it, they would put it up, and they would cut the limbs off of trees. That's that kind of the completely whole makes of sense. Completely makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. That is the only time he uses, as far as I can recall, he uses a motorized type. Like when I first heard that, I'm like, did Jason just go chainsaw? And it's not. And I'm sure it's intentional that he's never gone chainsaw. But mm-hmm. yeah, as far as I can recall, that's the only motorized type piece of equipment he uses to kill people. Right, because he also uses, like all there's some gardening tools, he uses uh, the bushes trimmer thing. <laughs> Kills people with tent spikes. Um, in right. In part five, he uses the like hedge trimmer things. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, on, what's her name? The actress's actual name, last name is Voorhees, Pamela Voorhees. Yeah. Something. God bless her. <laughs> uh huh. Paul, I believe you said this has got your favorite kill of the franchise in it. Yes, it's the one that solidified uh, Hotter as like the. Oh, he's got his sleeping bag kill. Yes. <laughs> oh. Seriously, we just, we, we, I, I mean, I know it's cliche, and it has become cliche. But at the time, seriously, you pick that bag up, you beat the crap out of somebody against a tree. Who does that? Yeah, I know, but he also kills somebody with a tree trimmer that the butt saw at the end of it. Come on. We've had tree implements. We've had harpoons. We've had we've had everything else. This is the first time it's like, okay, I'm gonna kill you with a tree. It's cool. I will totally respect that it's the, the iconic Jason kill, Paul. I'm I am in your camp, <laughs> but I am also poking your camp, saying, "Wait a minute, now." I, Paul, you, you stepped away to investigate some creepy sounds in the woods. As amazingly, you're back, but while you were gone, yeah, he was just saying like he understands that it's the, like one of the, one of the most iconic kills of the franchise. He just doesn't really get it. Part of it is because it was so different. I mean, there were no weapons involved. It, it was kind of back to that whole, like back in the early days when he would just kind of use his hands and like squish your eyes out or squash your head or something like that. It was it was just simple. It was, okay, uh, I'll just beat you up against a tree. I think there's also the element of like, I doubt they even thought this deep into it. I'm overthinking it. But I think there's also the element of like, you know, if you're out camping, you're not in your bed. You can't cover your head in your blankets. So you cover up in this in the sleeping bag. That's where you're safe. But you're not. You're not mm. safe anymore. But I doubt they were even thinking that hard. I think they're no. just like, yeah, do that. Slam it against the tree. That'd be cool. Exactly it, was, it was his idea. Yeah, no, look, it was definitely Kane Hunter's idea. But you're saying about, you know, hey, look, he, he banged woman against a tree. That That's cool. But, you know, I mean, like, this movie also had a severed head 
in a potted plant being thrown at Jason. That, I mean, come that, on. That is amazing. That happened. That happened. I mean, they're good kills, but we've seen it. The, the severed Have we? Okay, wait. But the severed head situation isn't so much the severed head kill that makes it cool. So that doesn't really count as a kill. But she Damn. does she does telekinetically throw the potted plant with the severed head in it into Jason's face, and that is amazing on its own right. That is amazing. It okay. is. But, but, Paul, I was just saying, I got a kill that's better. Yeah, I've been there, done it before, but I kill that's better. Crispin Glover's kill in part four. Tad, the corkscrew. Oh. Uh, Come on, man. Oh, no, that, that was good. Don't get me wrong. That's better than sleeping bag kill. Because, again, that was different. It, it was, you take something that was, All right, you man. know. I'll go with you. <laughs> I'll go with you, Paul. <laughs> you know, I like the different kills. Something that's not seen every day. Paul, what about this one, though? At the end of the movie that you don't see every day, she rises her dead father, zombie-fied dead father, up from the grave. Dude, this is water. this is another that's another perfect example of where this movie fails for me because the concept is great. Like, how dark is that? The execution, dude. You could have put a little more makeup on him. On him, he looks like a golfer that fell into the water hole. Like, come on, come on. No, yeah. Dude, you're right, man. I mean, like, there's there's no makeup. This is, look, look. Okay, so there is a great website that I will definitely plug on your show, and I will plug on Movie Guys Podcast, and I hope you don't mind, but it's called FridayThe13thFranchise.com. I've been following this guy since 2009. This site is amazing. And there's a whole Jason timeline revolving, right? It, it breaks every film down in the timeline. Do you know... Now, I'm going to get this wrong because I haven't looked at to because I've not looked at this before this recording. I'm just going off of my memory. But do you know this movie supposed to be taking place in the early 90s? Supposed to be. Yeah. A lot of the movies were kind of timed in the future in a way. Exactly. Because part one happened technically in 79, right? And then part two happened five years later. Which is, yeah, several years after right? the movies were actually being released. Yeah. And, and then part three and part four was the same weekend. Because after part two ended, part three started right off the bat. So part three was a Saturday. Part four was a Sunday. So this movie is supposed to be taking place in like 93, 94. So she was let's say 10 years old when her dad drowned in the beginning of this movie in the timeline, the dad would have been drowned decomposed Jason style for like over 12, 10 to 12 years. And he comes out with some leeches on him and he's just like, like most horror movies, continuity wasn't really a, no, you're right. The continuity, the idea of continuity in the Friday the 13th franchise is insane. Well, anyway, I do want to hit a couple of my notes I had. I just had a few notes on this one. First off, the voiceover at the beginning. It was fun to watch the the recap because it felt like a previously on. <laughs> the voiceover was by the actor who was Crazy Ralph in the first two. You're all doomed. Also, the, my initial thoughts, but I realized that the Carrie concept wasn't really set up as a way to bring Jason back. But I'm like, that's a wild premise just to resurrect Jason. They could have just... Just use bolt cutters. <laughs> no, 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 wait now. He was dead. His heart stopped after the bolt propeller. He was dead. Come on. 
Come he, out now. No, he was his dead. eye moved. <laughs> yeah, his eye. He was dead before he was resurrected as a zombie. He was dead at the end of four when Tom Savini killed him. Officially, officially, Tom Savini killed him at four, and that's, that's after him. somehow surviving an axe to the to the forehead. Yeah, so in, yeah, it's fine. It's just a flesh have, wound. Have you never gotten hit in the head with the axe? What the f- wrong with you? He just had a splitting headache. It's okay. He doesn't need. He doesn't need that part of the brain. It's fine. No, he's fine. The only other piece of trivia I have is, and this is man, I hate taking trivia from IMDb. Because it's yeah, it's burned it. us before. However, this was interesting. That seems legit. Jason's mask in the film was cast from the same mold as the uh, original mask in Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. It's true. Yeah, awesome. Modified slightly. Um, basically, you know, it's got the axe cut and all that, and the propeller damage. But also, edges were trimmed away a little bit, and that was supposedly to allow Kane Hodder's head to be more seen. You know what? Before we go on to Part Eight here, I've- that dude's got a big head. He he does have a big round head. The makeup, God, the Jason makeup is on point. This is, I think, my favorite maskless Jason. It looks so I'm good. Just, I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. It uh, doesn't make sense. But what I was going to argue with you guys with is that if you really pay attention to these movies, the only thing that is consistent in a continuity standpoint is his mask. Every damage that mask gets in every movie goes to the next movie. Even to a point uh, that doesn't make any sense because the mask is destroyed, completely destroyed in this one, shows up in the next one as just some like replica the kid has that even has the axe notch out of it. What? Sh- what? Sh- no, what? Souvenirs. How do we know about the axe notch? Come on. Relax. Souvenirs. It's fine. How do you think that town makes money? Two for one burgers on Jason's yeah. the Voorhees day, yeah. uh, and cookies, and I mean they they sell mask souvenirs, and it's, I mean they they have a racket here going on this man. They do, and they will have that racket in part nine, which we'll talk about. Okay, I debated doing like a quick rundown of the deaths, but some of them are kind of lame, some of them are good. We don't need to go through each of them, but. And with this one specifically, I know we've already kind of discussed it. Favorite kill from this one? I I, I know Paul's. <laughs> you're going with the slammed against the tree. Yes. Okay. Jordan, how about you? Favorite kill? New Year's Eve party blower thing. Because that's okay. just because that's just ridiculous. I mean, like, I can't because I'm a f-ing film geek that just you know drinks beer and reviews. So I can't like pick up like a full grown woman and bang her against a tree. Um, <laughs> but you could put a you could put a party blower into somebody's eye. Let's try it. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. You don't know until we try. So that will be our EMC podcast network get together when Jordan puts a party blower <laughs> stick party blowers in people's eyes. <laughs> Your invite might get lost in the mail. Right. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, don't invite that guy from Ohio. He puts party blowers in people's eyes. You know, it, no, it's, it's, no, the party blower thing is just ridiculous. The sleeping bag, Paul, I will agree with you. It is iconic. Yes, 100% agree. It's iconic. I will always respect that kill. But who sits there and says, hey, everybody, I got an idea. Let's put a f- 
and party blower in a guy's eye. That sounds like fun. Like, it's just ridiculous. It even makes the sound when mm-hmm. it gets stabbed in. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> it's that was in the stupid. That was that was in the chick's eye. There was a token black couple in this. They had like Dude, I swear to God, they had two scenes. One where they're they're having some type of relationship issues, and then the next where they have sex and then get murdered. So I don't know what their story was. But that was she got the uh they she were got there the party blower count. in the eye. And then the guy got uh, he got a head squeeze. Which of course meant like it was all off screen because this was severely edited. Oh, I did have a note on this movie. I apologize. Did anybody else feel and this is a casting thing? The guy whose uncle owned the place, Crispin Glover would have been perfect for that role. The first scene you see him, he was like, you guys are supposed to bring your own food. Uh, You're eating all the food in this place, blah, 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 blah. Oh, the yuppie, the yuppie shirt over the, like, yeah, okay. The sweater over the shoulders guy. Yeah. I was going to say, just to keep it interesting, I'm not going to go with the tree, the sleeping bag kill. I'm going to go with his death. Even though I have a feeling it was like there's probably a way better version sitting on cut somewhere that we'll never see. But he got the axe to the face. And what makes me think it would have been, first off, I like the motion. It's like so effortless, like Jason just with the axe. But later we see, never up close, but we see like the makeup job. And it's like face split in half type deal. Yeah. And that seems extra brutal to me. So... That's gonna. I'm gonna go with that one. I'm sorry. What were you saying about him? He'd be better as as the dead. F- yeah, yeah. The way he um, came across, I thought acting wise, Crispin Glover would have nailed that role. Crispin Glover should have been the star of this franchise. I mean, like he already said, <laughs> f- you to Back to the Future. No, instead he gets Willard. Yeah, he gets, <laughs> and his dad is a bigger star than he is. F- you, Crispin Glover. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, like I love your dance moves, which in college. <laughs> In college, I could do those dance moves in my fraternity, and that got me laid a few times. I will, I will say that. Were they That's bl- the opposite were, were the women of what blind? I would expect. Why? Because they're like, oh, he's stupid. I'm a, I, I feel bad for him. It's a pity. <laughs> As I say, were you shacking up with blind chicks? Hey, hey, you do what you could, all right? <laughs> Did what you could. Don't discriminate. Yeah, don't discriminate. Don't hate. I was trying to do what I could, man. (laughs) Well, the end of this movie, this movie ends and Jason's dead forever. He's never coming back. Never. (laughs) Moving on. Until a year later. I have it on my. Now, I know people have Spotify and I know people have Apple Music. I am crazy and I do Amazon Music. And I have this theme song on my daily playlist. This theme song of... New York City is amazing. Yes. It, it is kind of amazing. This is like Lethal Weapon style. Friday the 13th, part eight. Jason Takes Manhattan, released in 1989. Uh, written and directed by Rob Hedden. And, uh, oh boy. Okay, so, overview. Rennie Wickham is celebrating her graduation aboard the SS Lazarus, along with her strict uncle, her favorite teacher, her boyfriend, Sean Robertson, all of her classmates, and a stowaway, hockey mask serial killer Jason Voorhees. One by one, Jason slowly murders each classmate and sinks the ship, stranding the survivor. Wow, this is one of those, we're just going to tell you the whole story plot line, but that's okay. Sinks the ship, strand, <laughs> strands the survivors in New York, 
Rennie and the few survivors now must face Jason to save their lives from impending doom. Okay, so first of all, if you are a fan of 50s television like I am, you will know that the crazy uncle is Dr. Smith from Lost in Space, the TV show. Yes. That's okay. I, he's one of those faces like I, I can never place it. Interesting. Okay. And the next thing that's funny is that there is a script out there. Paul, tell me you've heard of this script of the original treatment of Jason Dix Manhattan, right? Yes. Where he murders people in the Empire State Building, goes into the uh, Statue of Liberty, and then murders a whole Broadway cast. Yeah, That's what this movie should have been. Yes. In Manhattan? No, but they filmed this in Vancouver. Not Jesus takes the Titanic. Not Jesus. Jason <laughs> takes the Titanic. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're, we're fans of the franchise here, Paul, but... Uh... Take it a little far. Although this guy does, he he is reborn very <laughs> often. He is reborn <laughs> more times than Jesus, right? Yeah. This is so the eighth better time. than Jesus. Bet maybe. <laughs> maybe. I I want to see the gospel first. I don't. Th- I don't think he has the same moral compass. Ooh. Hold on now. The virgin always lives. He does have a moral compass. He does. So. You know, sex, drugs, you die. You know? Hey, wait a minute. Did we just do something here? I think we, yeah. <laughs> I think we just started an organization that can get us some tax breaks. All right. Well, all we need is 100 members and we officially get tax credit. Please. Sweet. Don't, please that donate would, to the Church of uh, Jason Voorhees. That'd be great. I don't think that'd be that hard. If Scientology <laughs> can make it, the Church of Voorhees can skyrocket. Any, anything could make it. So this movie is filmed in Vancouver. <laughs> They never stepped foot in Manhattan at all, besides for one scene, and that's when they were in the Times Square for the that's bully. That's the big scene. Yep. That's, that's it. Everything that's because else. that scene's hard to fake. Have you guys ever been to New York real quick? No. Nope. No, okay. I've been to New York. They said this in the documentary. I, I'm proving it. There are no alleys in New York City. They don't have alleys, believe it or not. You mean the turtles lied to me? Yeah. Yes. There Jason are no takes Manhattan alley. and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles taught me that there are only alleys in there New York. Are, there is absolutely not a single, there are no alleys in New York City. There I mean, it makes not. sense. There's no f-ing room. There's no alleys. So this is just amazing. Everything is amazing or a lie. Everything about this movie is a lie. Jason takes Manhattan the last, it is an hour before you get Anywhere that's supposed to be Manhattan. Yes. I mean, the Muppets did a better job of taking Manhattan. Yes. Somehow, Jason, listen, isn't. Go on. Is Crystal no, Lake not a it. landlocked lake? Like, is it. Crystal Lake's <laughs> in New Jersey, Randall. It's in New Jersey. And you could just swim over to where they have, like, cruise ships and stuff and hitch a ride over to Manhattan. Take a Greyhound bus for 10 minutes and you're in New York. But Jason, no, no take no Greyhound. He swam. <laughs> he swam to Manhattan. Somehow. Guys, follow me down this rabbit hole, and you guys are going to agree with me on this one. I know you are. Now listen. <laughs> listen. You're cracking yourself up. You haven't even said it yet. <laughs> they take a cruise ship. <laughs> into the- <laughs> 
into a lake that's not attached to a major body of water from New Jersey to Manhattan. <laughs> Give this an Oscar. That's why I say, like, dude, wow. that is why I, this movie is just downright stupid. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, is very entertaining to me. Oh, yeah. Also, it's pretty long, too. It is. It is actually the before uh, part nine, which is Jason Goes to Hell. This, this, this was the longest. But Jason gets resurrected by an underground electric. Large electrical cable cabling of some kind in the bottom of the lake. Yeah. yeah. It's electrocuted again. Yeah. He, he, he gets electrocuted again. He comes onto this little tiny boat where these two kids are, you know, getting ready to bone it out because I mean, why not? You know, <laughs> and these two kids were Remy's classmates and these kids were fun. Actually, they just wanted to hang out on the little dinghy. Yeah. They just wanted to hang out on the dinghy. Um, these kills in the beginning were not bad. These were actually fun. How Jason got resurrected was ridiculous. This whole movie's ridiculous. But these two kills with these two kids were fun. It gets you into what you're going to see. And I didn't find it ridiculous. I was like, okay, okay. I know what I'm getting into. This is mm-hmm. this is fun. But then Jason drives a boat. Did he drive that over there? I didn't even think about that possibility they show the boat arriving at the harbor yeah i don't know why i didn't think about the fact that no 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 yes he did randall he doesn't he drives the boat randall why did he just teleport why does he have to no you can't yes randall except it's ridiculous it's ridiculous except i can accept i can accept him coming back from the dead repeatedly i can accept him teleporting from one side of the room to the other for no reason other than to screw with this little chick Driving a boat, that's a that's a he that jumped the shark. He kills the two kids. No, think about the scene. He kills the two kids, and then we go to the Lazarus cruise ship in New Jersey and Camp Crystal Lake, which is a lake that's not attached to a body of water, but that's okay. And there's a scene where Remy and her classmates, you know, the fresh meat that's gonna get killed, sees a boat. Coming up, and they're like, "Huh?" And then they talk to Doctor Smith. I must have blacked that out. And then (laughs) it's the Jason equivalent of when Michael Myers learned to drive a car. There you go. And then the next scene is he must have jumped off of the boat and got into the water because the next scene is him violently rising up and grabbing the chains of the anchor to tell everybody, "I'm on the boat." Maybe he pushed the boat. Oh, Paul. Good idea. Push them. Why not? Let's <laughs> let's go ridiculous. There are three different Jasons, and they're all played by three different races in this movie. Oh, that was this one? That's this one. Paul, in the middle of the film. Say, I know the guy that gets hit by the car is the one that plays him in Freddy no, not that. Jason. Not that. Kids. Kids. Mm. There's a scene in the movie where Remy is looking at the f- mirror in the bathroom and then the mirror gets all watery and then there's this Jason oh I do I remember you telling me this that's played by an Asian kid was it yes he's Asian (laughs) 
<laughs> in New Jersey. I mean, listen, you you can't accuse casting of uh, not being inclusive. He's Asian. Movie. And I know this from the Crystal Lake documentary where the director said, we didn't have a lot of shooting time because I wanted to make this big epic Jason movie. So this is what I had to do. And we had to get kids and they're because of child labor laws. This is the kid that we got for the day to film the scene. And he was Asian. They distinctly, sometimes the kid has no makeup. He just looks like a normal kid. Sometimes he's got half face makeup. Sometimes he's got full head makeup and the makeup is 100% totally different every time. I hate everything with the Jason kid in this movie. It doesn't make any sense. Because there was a scene at the end of the movie when they're in the sewers where New York City clearly dumps toxic waste. That's where they get the alligators. And the turtles. Where Jason, five scenes prior, was this mongoloid-looking kid. And in this one, he's just a kid in a blue bathing suit doing like, I'm cold kind of thing. And it's like... You're not deformed. Who are you? Who are you? Where'd this small child come from? Did you see? Did you see the horrible murder zombie around here? You better watch out, kid. Yeah, watch out. You're not the Asian one. Who are you? I mean, I guess at least you got your swimming trunks on if you're gonna be swimming around in this toxic waste. So I have I have three favorite teenagers in this one. My first favorite is the African American woman who was the rocker who gets killed by her guitar. That's just amazing filmmaking. Was she African-American? Well, yeah. She gets killed first. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh. That's true. Wow. You can call me. It's true. She does get killed first. No. Well, I mean, well, in this, okay, in this group, yeah. she gets killed first. Right. I, I actually, even though that's technically like a lame off-screen death, I actually really like that kill, too. Yeah, she's the like stereotypical cheesy '80s. You know, she goes be a rocker. She's got her guitar, but I I kind of like her character. Like she's not, she doesn't play it extremely over the top. I don't think she has a lot of time to play it over the top. And I like the kill just because I like the ridiculous image of Jason with this. Was it a hot pink guitar? Yes. Hot pink flying V looking guitar, slamming it into this. What looks like he slams it into the side of the screen, and you get like the the blood spray on the side. I thought that was cool. I like oh. that one. And then we got my second favorite, which is the that has to do the human anatomy on Sharpie on her uh, on her front. Here. What was the guy expecting? Right. She has some biology homework. She has to make up on this cruise ship. Right. I thought. I thought he was like. I thought this was a prearranged thing that he was in on. Right. Well, dude, this girl's a total. Because she straight up deliberately pushed Remy over the side of a cruise ship. That's attempted murder. That's murder right there. And it's like, was oh my it God. in the 80s? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Paul. There's a, there's also a Coke clause. If you're on Coke, yeah, it, it might be okay. And then, of course, my third favorite is the boxer. Give me your best shot. Oh, we got to oh, save that God, one. Yes. We got to save that one. Spoilers. That's the best. So... Roger, we all just the three of us agree on one. I mean, okay, people. the The sleeping bag might be what a lot of people consider the iconic kill. The franchise, in my opinion, he's got the iconic kill. I'm gonna go with Randall on that one because that's just ridiculous. So 
it's stupid. It's stupid. But it's so good. Of anyone Jason's ever been up against. In 2009, I start dating who is now my wife, and the remake of 2009's uh, Friday the 13th is coming out. And I said, "Have you seen Friday the 13th?" And she goes, "No, I haven't seen them. I know about them." And I said, "We gotta watch all 10, 11 of them. Like we just have to." And I show her all of them. And I will never forget this to the day I die. I show her part eight in the beginning of the movie when they're on the cruise ship from New Jersey to Manhattan. We've already established that joke where the boxer character is boxing somebody. I remember she pauses the DVD. She turns to her left where I am and she goes, he's going to get killed by getting his head knocked off, isn't he? (laughs) <laughs> she called it like an, at least an hour before that's amazing and I look at her and my jaw hits the floor and I'm like no you stupid like no <laughs> I just will always remember that and, and payback just end my story I'm not a Harry Potter fan at all and when um, part 7 2 whatever came out and like you know like well the last Harry Potter movie we had to watch all of them in order to like I did to her as torture so like anyway but uh she called it and that's kind of my point of that and I'll show up for a second is that's how stupid this movie is you uh-huh. got you got you got somebody like like my girlfriend at the time now my wife who's never seen a single frame of these movies and she sees a guy punching somebody in a boxing ring and just looks at me and goes, oh, he's going to get killed by, by getting his head knocked off or something. Like, he's going to die in boxing by Jason. I'm just like, that's how stupid this movie is. Anybody could think of this. Yeah, exactly. Nailed it. Anybody could think of it. There is not a lot of cleverness going on in almost any of these movies. Well, after part four. I'll go after part four. One through four are fun. Five, six, seven, eight, and nine are kind of like, oh boy. Well, what do you guys think of this one? Do you guys like this one? Because I think we've, yes, yes. this one is so dumb. This is so dumb. But I actually kind of like it. This is awesome. I'm on the fence. I mean, oh, I, come I, on, Paul. Part, no, well, no, no, shut up a damn second. Let me talk. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I like Paul. He's fun. <laughs> I'm old and crotchety. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. You're probably younger than both of us. I know, but I've accepted the fact you you called me 60, so I'm going to own You're it. a 60-year-old man in a 30-year-old man, man's body. There's parts I can't stand, but overall, it is an enjoyable movie. Do I wish it actually took place in New York? Yes. Otherwise, it should be Jason Takes a Cruise Ship. Or Jason Takes a Cruise, maybe. I think my favorite part is the junkies. The junkies is, yeah, <laughs> the, where the credit sits on them forever at the opening in the movie is you get to watch this guy shoot up. Like, what? What? This is New York. This is what people do in New York. Right. So part of what I like about this, because most of the kills aren't amazing, the later into the slasher explosion of the 80s that it was, the more the MPAA would crack down on these movies. But I don't feel like the kills themselves suffer as bad from being edited as like the last one mm-hmm. and the next one. Because actually my favorite kill of the franchise is not in any of the theatrical cuts. But 
I think part of what I like about it, even though it's so stupid, even the idea of like, let's just put Jason on a boat. If it wasn't a cruise ship, it would make more sense because the movies always take place around a lake. So sure, on a boat, but you know, like a really big boat. But I think the change of scenery is honestly a little bit of what kind of helps this movie for me. I like the camp setting, but it is a nice change, even just an, on a crappy cheap boat. <laughs> Randall, you're right. I mean, you're you are at part eight in a franchise. Yes, that's exactly it, man. We're, I mean, we're like, eight deep. We're eight. I mean, Saw three jumped the shark. And, and Saw is not a good franchise, but, you know, I mean, like, how many Saws? Are there, are there, are there seven Saws? Eight Saws? There's a lot. There's a lot of grudges and paranormals. and But you're at part eight. What else can we do? We've For the past seven movies, we've been at Camp Crystal Lake. Hey, folks, here's an idea. Don't go to Camp Crystal Lake! <laughs> No one ever gets that. So going to Manhattan, you want to do something like that. It's fine. It's just they did not do the script that they had. I did some reading up on it before, you know, before recording this today. And I'm a little torn. Like, of course, of course, I wanted to see. I want to see the movie this was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to call a movie Jason Takes Manhattan, he better take Manhattan in more than one scene. That's another thing. I'm very confused as to, like. Why is he so laser focused on this one group there? There are so many people. He just walks by so many. Pe- anyway, yeah, it's no, the, yeah, it's, that's not Jason's it's mo. The, well, I, I think it has to do with the connection between him and what's what's her name, Rennie. Uh, yeah, that's always tenuous. Yeah, BS. It is, but I what mean, is she, if his, we're gonna grasp at strings here. His sister or his aunt or some random crap. You know, you're right, though. That's the one I feel like that is why they threw that in there. Like, I think her whole backstory was an afterthought of like, well, why would he get to New York and keep following just them? And I think that's where her backstory come from. Yeah, but her backstory makes no sense, though, Randall. I'm not saying it does. I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm saying it's yeah, it's exceptionally weak. Because it was just obviously a reverse engineered thing to justify why Jason doesn't just kill indiscriminately. Yeah, right? You're telling me that Jason Voorhees is in Times Square and these bunch of punks are having their music. He kicks it over and he lifts his mask to show them his face. And they're like, oh. Which is funny. It's funny, but why would J- why would that even occur to Jason to do? Yeah, Jason's not a comedian. That's Freddy. Wrong franchise. At most, maybe he'd like flinch at them and they'd run off and then he'd like go back to, but like, why would he think they're going to run away when I lift my mask? Ha ha ha. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Well, it's, it's, it's as, weird. As we've established before, though, he's always had a one track mind. It's always, he goes after people who are on his yard. Nobody else is in his way. Like they're in his way, but they're not. Uh, that's a valid point. That's a valid point from Paul there. It doesn't make sense at all, but Paul has a valid point. It's like, I'm only going to focus on these people. What I've done, stay there. Don't move. Well, even the horrible uh, attempted rapist uh, drug druggies in the alley, <laughs> they only they only get murdered because they were messing with his target. They were, they in, the were in his way. They were in the way, man. You don't fucking fuck with Jaws. 
You don't get in his way, and you stay yeah. off his yard. When Jaws, you don't tug on, you don't tug on Superman's cape, and you don't fucking f- with Jaws. Exactly. <laughs> when Jaws is going after the Brodies, you don't f- swim in the water. He's going after the Brodies. <laughs> uh, oh, to finish my thought. So from what I've read about what they wanted to do, like, yeah, Jason's on Broadway, and I have a feeling the big climax was on the Statue of Liberty, and he jumps off the top. As awesome as all that would have been, it also could have been so horrible. No, it couldn't. It could have been so horrible. No, come on, Randy. This movie you know is stupid, but at least it's still just kind of Jason stalking after teens. Instead of Jason King Kong? Killing killing cats, you know, on Broadway. <laughs> Actually, well, now that does sound kind of amazing. If we but, can get past this legal stuff, let's let's have him retake Manhattan now. That's how they can <laughs> that's how they can fix that movie, that the cats movie. Make that a backdoor prequel to what will be Jason Takes Cats. Yeah. Yeah, can we not talk about I had to see that in theaters, so I'm good. So there is a moment though, talking about like Jason's one track mind and his reaction to New York. Okay, so well there's the hockey mask billboard. You know, that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. This is Jason lives, yeah. But also to touch on like Kane kind of nailing portraying like the little that Jason thinks because Jason's going to think some stuff, but also, you know what I was saying earlier, I don't want Jason to seem too intelligent because he's still just a murder machine. And I think that comes across super well in the Times square Times square. Yeah. yeah. When he steps out and he, he sees them and he's going to go after them. And then for just a moment, he stops and looks around, just kind of taking it in. Like what, what's all this? And then straight back at them. That's so good. Yeah, it's that look of like, holy crap, this this is a lot of people. (laughs) Well, guess what? None of this matters. I'm back on target. So yeah, yeah, I I appreciated that a lot. The ending is absolutely ridiculous. So they go into the sewers, and we know every night at midnight, they release toxic waste in the sewers of New York City. And that's their plan to defeat Jason. We're going to drown him in toxic waste. And they do so with... The amazing Lethal Weapon rock song again, which is still amazing. I just love it. Let's 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 talk about this end a little bit because there's there's I have a couple. First off, yeah, you know I've never been to New York. Maybe they do flood the entire sewer system with toxic waste every night at midnight. They do. I've been there. Well, they say there's alligators in the sewers. They true. Have you seen Alligator the movie? I have. We've all seen Ninja Turtles. Paul, Paul, and I are buddies. He's seen Alligator. The movie's terrible. Anyway, it is. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. But his makeup, like, I understand. She threw toxic waste on his face. I'm guessing it looks that way because of toxic waste. I don't know. Dude, the makeup on him and the little boy Jason when he has makeup, its I, I'm not fond of it. You can't come off of the amazing Jason design from last movie to this. Like, what is that face? They uh, FridayThe13thFranchise.com has considered this to be the worst Jason makeup of the whole franchise. And I totally agree. He looks like the Safe Puff Marshmallow Man. It's real bad. Like, With it looks... Boils. 
Dude, yeah. if it looks like cute and goofy, don't do it. It's not Jason Face. Yeah, no. It's, he it's went not from good. Jason to the Toxic Avenger. Oh, oh, good one, good one. Which one? Two or three? Two. Ah, there you go. Good one. <laughs> and then the whole bit with the little boy. I hate it. I hate it so much. I was reading a little bit about kind of their motivation for it, or at least what they said to justify it was basically like initially it was just going to, the toxic waste was going to come in and just burn them away and there'd be nothing left after it washed out. And they're like, well, that wouldn't be satisfying and we got to leave something for the next movie. You don't, you don't because he always just comes back. It doesn't matter. If there's no body, I mean, if, if, if MacGyver taught me, if there's no body, the guy's coming back. No exactly. Body, no That's death. more reason for him to come back. So they're like, well, we come up with this idea of like, since he drowned in the lake as a little boy, you know, we could bring it full circle and some kind of closure, but also like, you know, Jason's still around. No, just stop it. It's I dumb. Mean, yeah. I mean, like, there's no way to defeat him on this point, right? I mean, the man has done everything, has survived everything. All you can do is blow him up, I guess. Well, we'll I mean, yeah, and they do that at the beginning of the next movie. So, like, it it really doesn't matter. If eight was the final movie, bringing it full circle with him being left dead as a boy, if the writing of it were better, would almost make sense. Zombie Jason's dead. Mm. Now you just have this boy who died at peace. But It, it, it could... They move if they on. had a brain. Yeah, they move on. From a story perspective, they could have, I mean, if they would have just ended the damn story. <laughs> uh, well, this all, this movie almost did. Paramount was done with it. They sold it to New Line after this. Well, can you blame them? No. Yes, I can. Yes. I mean, it's their fault. Stop making crap movies. If you want to make a Jason in Manhattan, give them a big enough budget to do it. Otherwise, just don't agree to it. Don't sell it to New Line. I I hundred percent disagree with them selling it to New Line. That was that that was that was the downfall of Jason was Paramount selling to New Line. I will always believe that. New Line is the house that Freddie built, right? And New Line has made some great movies. They made some shit movies. Hell, New Line produced the Lord of the Rings saga. So good for them. You also made Pet Cemetery too. So fuck you. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm not surprised they sold the property off. Because, man. What they should have done, though, Randall, is they should have said, okay, this movie's We know this movie's There's going to be three idiots in 2020 talking about this movie. <laughs> they No, they're like, nobody's going to talk about this movie. Right. They don't Let's, care. Well, that's the thing, though. It didn't, get the, it didn't make the numbers they wanted it to make in the box office. That's as far as they thought about it. That's all they cared about. Well, of course that's all they care about, but here's their mistake. And, and this is why I'm actually serious on this one. All jokes aside, the reason why I think that Paramount never should have sold us because tell me, because we love Jason X because it's ridiculous. And Jason not, Jason 2009 is what it is. And Jason, and Jason versus Freddy is just a fun little romp, right? But we have not had a great, amazing, fun Jason movie since they sold it. What they should have done just kept it and waited maybe 10 years 
and rebooted the franchise again, and then maybe we wouldn't have the issue that we're having currently right now. Because if you really think about it, guys, 9-10, 9 which is goes to hell, which I'm showing my cards here already, is shit. 10 is shit. The remake has some cool things about it, but it's pretty much shit. And Freddy vs. Jason is just a fun little one-off. We've not had a good, fun Jason movie since this. And I will argue to the end of the earth that Paramount was wrong in selling this to New Line because you have idiots that are making the next movies. Idiots. Oh, yeah. Idiots. And, of course, the guy who made this movie is not Einstein either. I'm just saying is that you lost the mojo. You know what I mean? They just sucked. They just strangled it until it stopped spitting out money, and then they didn't care because, yeah, they could have shelved it for 10 years, but nobody that was making those decisions would have, would even still be working there in 10 years at that it, point. So they like, never they let the movie breathe. They, they pumped out eight in, in a decade. Like, yeah, Saw hit eight. So, yeah, wow. it seems if you're just going to pump them out, eight's about the number when it's just like, okay, we got to stop. I mean, uh, at the same, at the time, Freddie and uh, Myers hit the same uh, wall where they just started to get stale towards the end. I mean, Halloween got rebooted, what, twice in its original run, and then they rebooted it, re-rebooted it. Halloween's a mess all its own. You know, so, I mean, that was the problem. They were trying to keep up with each other. None of the companies would let the movies breathe. And that's why you have movies like Hellraiser that can still stand the test of time. Whoa! Are you talking about the movie Hellraiser? You're talking about the franchise? The movie. Okay. All right, never mind. I retract my reaction. (laughs) Because of the Hellraiser franchise. (laughs) Okay. I was kidding. Whoa! Because that that franchise jumped the shark at the second one. Yeah, the channel was in a Ric Flair. Favorite kills? I know we already touched on it, but favorite kills for this one? Boxer, boxer. Kill. Yeah, that's yeah. Me too. Everything about it, like the fact that dude, like he he just Jason just lets him sit there and punch him for a minute straight till the dude's totally worn out. First off, the head prosthetic. <laughs> is bad. It's so bad because you don't get to see it close up, but like the neck, it's not even like jagged, ripped off. It just looks like a mannequin head. But it's so fun. It's so stupid. Icing on the cake is it flies off the building, rolls down this little thing into a dumpster. The dumpster lid closes on it. That's the Friday the 13th franchise of the 80s. Boom, right there. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Friday the 13th special if I didn't bring it up. It's Wheelchair down the stairs, bad. No, <laughs> oh, Paul. Oh God, that might be one of that might be one of my favorite kills of the franchise. No, it is um, a great kill though. It's Paul, just the are, way it was shot. You and I are friends, Paul. Good f-ing statement, Paul. Anything else to say on this one before we move to the next? The reason why I've always been, and this is my closing argument. The reason why I've always been a fan of this movie is because if you want to see a show of where a franchise used to be good compared to what it is when it, when it goes to Manhattan, you have to see this. I'm going to show my daughter this when she's old enough. She's four right now. Like I just, this is, this is ridiculous. 
And Have you noticed Manhattan's where franchises go when they want to become the shit show? Right? Where franchises go to die. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, this is just ridiculous. This is my question for you two. Where do you lie? Because the first four, I would argue, are good, fun, classic slasher movies. After part four, it just completely goes off the f***ing rails. Where is it in this franchise where you say, you know what, I'm going to watch every one of them because I've seen them all before because I'm a fan, but f*** this franchise. Think about that because my brother asked me to, uh, told me to ask you guys this question. I'd say at five, they started dialing up the camp, each movie a little bit more. They cranked it up to 11 for nine, and they broke the dial for uh, Jason X. I want to say, you know, I've rewatched them all this season for the show then, specifically, and I've watched them all before, but this rewatch, the first one where I said, man, fuck this series, I think was part four. Oh, interesting. That's my favorite. So that's interesting. Okay. Because I hate all the characters. I hate them all. Christian Glover, super entertaining. I hate him. I hate his character there. Like, yeah, you do. <laughs> he's very memorable, but he's god awful. That said, five is where I'm just boom. Five is the worst, though, I think, in terms of like not necessarily the worst in the franchise. But five, they've got the hillbillies. If if four doesn't kill it off, five is definitely the one where it's like, no, no doubt about it. This is trash. The Birth of Jason trilogy, as we called it in the first uh, special, is my powerhouse of the series. And then from four on, I'm just watching it for the kills. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Interesting, guys. Uh, my answer would be six is where it completely took a sh- because four was good, I thought. I thought four was more brutal. Four at least still feels like it feels like a Jason movie. Four had the kill where the guy got split in half when he was doing the handstand. Come on. Wait, was that four? No, I'm sorry. No, wait. that was no, three. Because that, that, that was three. That was in three D. Because he pretzeled him over the chick reading the Fangoria magazine. Don't get me wrong, though. Four still has some great kills. In fact, that's I think the highlight of part four for me. Exactly. It has a kill where in other movies it'd be super lame, but they actually made it cool. Where the one one of the twins, I think it was, gets tossed out of the second floor window, and it's just the shot, like the slow mo shot of her falling and hitting the hitting the car, and the windows blow out. Like that's four's four. just got some. That's four. Yeah, that's four. Four's got some. Oh, the axe through the door, which I love, dude. Yeah, four's got some great stuff. The character, I think that's where I said this writing. Five is where I'm like this series. <laughs> Four is also... At that point, you just start watching for the kills to see, okay, how's he going to do it now? Right, because in four, that's where he uh, stabs the woman uh, through the stomach who's in the uh, uh, raft. Yep, yep. So that one's good. But anyway, part nine, right? Part nine. Starts off with a bang. This isn't even... They're getting Friday out of here. Jason goes to hell, the final Friday. We're out of the 80s because this was released in 93. Again, like I said... Short time ago, uh, it been sold off to New Line Cinema, so this is the first one produced by Freddy's House. Screenplay by Dean Laurie and Jay Hughley. Directed by Adam Marcus, who was first time director of twenty three years old. 
Overview, Jason Voorhees, the living, breathing essence of evil, is back for one fierce final fling. That's some alliteration. Tracked down and blown to bits by a special FBI task force, everyone now assumes that he's finally dead, but everyone assumes wrong. Jason has been reborn with the bone-chilling ability to assume the identity of anyone he touches. Uh, I mean, he's kind of got to make out with him first. (laughs) The terrifying truth is that he could be anywhere or anybody. In this shocking blood-soaked finale to Jason's carnage-ridden reign of terror, the horrible secret of his unstoppable killing instinct is finally revealed. I'm so. This is like not. This is some other movie that they put a Jason skin on it. Did they put a Jason skin on it? This is terrible. I heard somewhere that the script was hammered out in like four days. I feel like this was done to. I don't understand the motivation behind it. I guess to give them something more to work with because they're like, we've had 10 years of a summer camp slasher. What can we do with this property that we now own? You know, Freddy it up a little bit, tie demons into it. He's well, some type of. I'd also like to argue demon. that you know, five is considered the Jason movie without Jason in it. This one's kind of there with it. He's in it very little. So you could almost argue not in it in this one at all either. The majority of the time that Jason, quote unquote, Jason is in it, he's in other people's bodies, so it's not really Jason. I say, and it's mirror shots when you do see him. I'm kind of thankful, though, because I think the Jason makeup in this is god-awful. Why does his head look like that? I kind of hate it. His head looks like that because the director of this movie actually is the son of a guy who was a part of the Jason franchise since the beginning. And he was on the first Jason set, this director. Oh, my God. Okay, so that's how he got this movie. And, And Sean Cunningham was hired by New Line Cinema to do something with Jason because Sean S. Cunningham you know, wrote the first Jason movie, Friday the 13th Part 1. So he worked with him because Sean Cunningham is attached to this as well. And the reason why Jason looks the way he does is because they want to stay continuity to what happens. So what they say in the bonus features of the DVD is that Jason looks this way because this is what he looks like after the toxic waste meltdown in Manhattan where the mask is, has been infused with his face. No, 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 no. I've seen that movie. He was a little boy. I know you have. <laughs> we talked about this movie. That's what they say. That's why that he looks kind of makes does. sense, but it's... It okay. kind of. Okay, okay. I get it. At least there's some logic there other than it's just like... Yeah, I I was kind of like confounded by it. Why is his head so big? Like, yeah, okay, okay. I can at least buy the logic there. I still think it looks junk, but I get it. At least the opening scare, I'm not going to say kill, the opening scare when Jason is chasing after this lonely woman who is getting undressed and defied in a shower to be killed for him and then if we find out she's an FBI agent he'd be blown away at least everything until the blow up is a typical Friday the 13th movie and I'm sure in 1993 if I was this age now I would be so into it but once that blow up scene happens and Kane Hodder himself is playing FBI guy in the movie I don't know if you guys caught that or not. I did, yeah. He gets an off-screen kill, which is kind of disappointing. He does. <laughs> I'm done. This movie's dog shit. I appreciate what they did at the beginning. 
Yeah, the beginning's good. Because you got the like, okay, well, here we go. It's just, it's here we go. It's another Jason Slasher, Camp Slasher. But it jumps into it so quick that I'm like, I've seen movies before. This isn't just a random cold open. They're going somewhere specific with this. And they do. And it did make me appreciate it because I think maybe, maybe it was the Jason X episode we did this season. But uh, I was like, what? Why doesn't just the government show up and take care of this? Like he's been around killing so often that the government would have gotten wind of this. Well, apparently they did. So I appreciated that. How Jason doesn't somehow sense all these big spotlights and FBI agents hiding out, you know, whatever. But you're right. After that, after Jason gets blown up, it's not a Jason movie anymore. It's something else. It's it's a movie called The Hidden. Oh, from the 80s. Nice. That's what this is. It's so weird. It's such a weird attempt to graft on this whole new mythology, this whole weird demon thing, demon creature, uh, you know, the essence of evil. Uh, suddenly there's a sister because, God, there's always a sister suddenly when they need to try to shoehorn some backstory into these slasher movies. Halloween 2. <laughs> Halloween yeah. 2 sucked. I don't care what anybody says. It was uh, in a hospital. It was fun. Nah, screw that movie. It was unnecessary. Yeah, it, it feels like a different movie. It doesn't feel... And I, I, I'm i assuming that's the point. It's like, you know, we did slashers for a solid decade. You know, we need to... It's the 90s when horror sucks. We need to do something different. But they didn't do anything different, though. I mean, all they did was... Uh, guys, guys, seriously, think about this real quick. And everybody who's listening to this, think about this. They didn't do anything different besides just saying, hey, we're not going to have a guy with a hockey mask on screen killing people. That's it. The one thing this franchise is known for. No, we're going to have people making out with each other. I had one note for eight and nine. Going back to your comment about the makeup. And you'd said that, no, we saw him. He died as a boy in the sewer. In the books. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? In the <laughs> You're going to bring this up. I love it. Go ahead. The Jason Voorhees books. This ties it all together. The body's washed out of the sewer near to Crystal Lake, and he makes his way back to Crystal Lake, and he yep. grows up again. <laughs> yep. Of course he does. 100%. So that, 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 that's how we go from little boy, dead in eight, to grown up, back at Crystal Lake in nine. Well, I know I railed on the little boy thing. Which could be a dangerous phrase if I didn't phrase that correctly. (laughs) But I know I railed on that. She's seeing visions of young Jason throughout the whole movie in this last movie. And it could be argued that that's a a vision of Jason. That's not actually what Jason is looking at at that moment. I get it. I get it. There are some interesting things in this movie. It's just so weird. Like, I like the bounty hunter. Well, he's like the best character. I appreciate, though, that the like... Essentially, the main protagonist is a freaking nerd. Like, he's such not the leading man casting choice that I kind of appreciated it. Because after a certain point, I'm like, wait, this is our guy? Like, this is this is who we're following? Are you serious? Why, why has he not just been murdered? Why is he not? Like, he's not even, like, showcase fodder. He's just random fodder that happens into the movie on a reshoot because they need to up the kill count or something. Nice. They were trying to capitalize on the uh, success of Bruce Willis and Die Hard bringing the anti-hero body. Oh, 
Okay. Okay. Maybe. I mean, this movie would be awesome. This was called the final Friday. If the main character was just the bounty hunter, not the actor that played him. I think that he did a pretty shitty job. Oh, you didn't care for it? No, I didn't care for it. What I th- what I think they should have done was that, you know, this is the ninth one. We know that he has had eight movies previous, so all these murders have happened. And there's always the virgin that survives, so clearly the story is going to get out eventually about what's going on at Camp Crystal Lake. So would it have been interesting to have Jason just be Jason and have a fanatic come a la Blair Witch, maybe, kind of style? Not first person. But what I mean by Blair Witch is have somebody that's crazy enough to want to go into the woods to try to make a documentary about Jason, to try to be like, I'm a fanatic about Jason, and have that fanatic and their friends deal with the problem. That could have been interesting. If they had put out a Jason movie in 99 or 2000, I almost guarantee that's the movie we would have got. In fact... Now that you've said it, I can't, like, what a missed opportunity. As I say, you just described part of American Horror Story 1984. Thank you, because really? I love 1984. Yeah, that's pretty much what 1984 is. I haven't, I haven't been watching that. I haven't, I haven't you, seen that You season. need to watch that season. You, you can skip the rest of them and just watch that one, actually. And I'm still stuck back in so, so many seasons ago. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. So you don't have to watch the no, previous ones to watch this one. I got bogged down in the in the vampire season, and then I was like, I don't even know where I'm at anymore. I'm going to skip to the next one, the Roanoke, and I got bogged down in that one. I was like, uh, 84 flies through pretty quick. It is, it's nice. Yeah. And if you love 80s slasher movies, you will you will respect and appreciate 84. But anyway, that's what this movie should have been, though. It should have been this demon. Oh, well, you know, Jason's not really this this body. He's actually pure evil. And it's like, where's Dr. Loomis? It's a poor... <laughs> I say it because, yeah, it worked so well for Halloween. <laughs> maybe they were just biding their time till they, like, maybe New Line was like, eventually we'll own all the franchises. And this was just their attempt. This was their dark universe, right? This is their mummy with Tom Cruise. This is their attempt to, like, start working towards. In fact, this might be too ahead of its time is the problem. They're starting to work towards their big monster Avengers movie about 20 years too early. <laughs> the problem is, like, why completely undermine attempt to reinvent what this character is. They're just taking the name then. If they're just going to basically just scrap what Jason is and insert this whole new thing, like why do it? It's, it's, it's mm, like, why not just come up with your new character with your own? I think they were trying to figure out a way to explain why he survived for now nine movies. They don't need to. He's a murder zombie. It can't be explained. I said, everybody else is still alive. Screw it. The director has said that he wanted to make the audience feel happy. And this is from the Crystal Lake documentary as well. You guys can buy that on DVD. The director of this movie said that what he wanted to do was that he wanted to take Jason away. This is this is an exact quote. He said he wanted to take Jason away. And then when Jason comes back at the end, we are excited. We are happy. We are thrilled that Jason is back. But this is where you fuck up, though. You don't take Ripley out of Aliens. How about that? Did he that? not watch Halloween 3? 
Yeah. What? What? Wait. Wait. Now. Halloween uh, three. No, it was a good fun. movie. Don't get me wrong. The reaction to it. You build up the whole. Okay, here's Myers. Here's Myers. No Myers. This is the same thing. I'm like uh, Halloween three had its issue. You take the main character out of it. Trying to drastically change what is the core of the franchise. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, but then if it's not broke, then why make another one? Okay, so I guess I can get his reasoning behind we're going to take Jason away for most of the movie. That way you get, it's almost like the raw, raw, the hero, well, in this case, the villain shows up at the end. Yay! Except, like, first off, we had four years. There was there was like a four-year gap between movies, so we had Jason gone. And when he comes back, it doesn't feel like rah-rah. It feels like head-scratcher, like, wait. So he climbs up in that woman's vagina, and then she transforms <laughs> into him with the mask and the ripped-up suit and all? What? And it has, like, a Nakonomicon from Evil Dead book in there. <laughs> and the Okay, get this. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I say it was it was in the movie. It was the actual Necronomicon prop from Evil Dead. You're the actual me. prop. Okay, so wow. apparently, God, what website did I pull this from? Disclaimer: This seems legit, but you know, whatever. If it's wrong, I'm sorry. Friday the Thirteenth uh, fan page has a bunch of uh, little uh, fun tidbits like that. So it was the actual prop designed by Tom Sullivan for the Evil Dead movies. That looks like the Evil Dead 1 book, because the book looks drastically different in like all of them. Sullivan, according to this website, I'm sorry I can't attribute which site. I don't remember where I copied this from. Uh, Sullivan has said that this was done without his permission, and he didn't get paid a dime. Um, I believe also, that. Also, in the basement, there is a creep show prop reference. The green the crate. Cr- the crate. And the crate says, uh, says something about Arctic Expedition. Julia Carpenter, Horlicks University. Which might be an additional nod to the thing. I just, like, dude, dude, later in the movie, guys, the main character who is straight nerdish, which is fine, actually. The reason why I like that the character is straight nerdish is because, you know, we all could probably relate, not just us, but like like other nerd fans who love Friday the 13th. Like, oh, God, this is our guy. This is our hero because we can't relate to a Bruce Willis. We don't look like that. We look like this douchebag. <laughs> But we don't look like Bruce Willis, so we're going to go with this douchebag, right? And it's like, okay, this guy's cool. And then, like, they make Jason hamburgers. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. and then she gets punched in the face, and then, like, her jaw somehow goes into her mouth when she gets punched in the face. Oh, dude, I hate that with a passion. First off, I hate that character. But she's a bad character. And I guess the idea is like, oh, she got she got a big mouth, then she got her mouth mouth punched in. But like, it looks so stupid. Like this is that is leprechaun level makeup effects. Like that is so ridiculous. Outside the Voorhees house is the uh, jungle gym from Birds. The Birds. Yes. <laughs> that reaction. That is awesome. Is appropriate because it's like I appreciate the nod. But, like, your Jason goes to hell referencing the birds. Stop it. Yeah. Stop I, it. Stop. She's out of your class, buddy. She's out of your league. This is this is what it is for me. 
<laughs> Jason, Jason goes to hell. And I'm totally serious on this because I met these guys when I was in film school. Jason goes to hell is the film school nerd horror film director who thinks he's fucking clever when yes. he's not. Dude, it's that's, like, that's so true. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to put the fucking jungle gym and birds in this movie. Nobody's going to know what it is, but I'm going to know what it is. But why are you going to put the jungle gym with birds in the movie? What's, what's, what's the point? Well, because it's to show people that I know horror. That's not showing people how you know horror, you artistic douchebag. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, this, this movie strikes me as artistic douchebaggery. It's like, hey, I seen the thing, so you must like me, right? Like, it's just so stupid, guys. It doesn't make any sense. Why are you putting Creepshow, The Birds, uh, Evil Dead into a Friday 13th movie? Why? Because you want to show me how big your horrid is? Congratulations, asshole. Go make wrong turn 16. I don't care. <laughs> wrong turn 2 is not a bad movie. <laughs> it's the guy Henry Rollins in it. That's a pretty good movie. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Uh, uh, that's a movie that knows exactly what it is. Yes. Unlike this movie. Let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned A Kill. This is another movie, dude, oh, I wouldn't even know how bad this movie suffered in censorship. This is another movie that got really cut down because one of, I think, the most brutal kills in the whole franchise isn't even in the theatrical cut. And what sucks is, as far as I know, maybe you can get it on digitally now, but you can't get the HD version of the unrated cut. Like, it's out there on DVD. I don't know that it's ever been put out on Blu-ray. It might be on a streaming service. So I had to watch the theatrical cut. I was really disappointed because my favorite, I'm just going to jump to it. My favorite kill of this one is the chick in the tent. Yes. You guys know what I'm talking about? In the theatrical yeah. cut, you see none of it. This was also reshot stuff. This is apparently they did test screening and people are like, we want more teens and more sex. So, you know. They were going to see a Friday the 13th movie. That's what they were expecting. This was reshoots. But it is amazing. Now, in the theatrical cut, it's when the not Jason, the first not Jason of the movie, the takes uh Jason. What do you call that? Let's oh. just say a rod. Yeah, he takes like a rod. And he just like shoves it into the tent. And then you get a close-up of the guy's face. And I think he gets a blood spray on his face. And then it pretty much, that's done. Yeah, do you guys know the uncut one? I'll let you tell it because it is amazing. Yes, I do. This kill is amazing. So the kill in the NC-17 cut is uh, he takes the metal rod, Black Jason. I'm just going to say Black Jason. F*** it. I don't care. Black Jason takes the metal rod, sticks it into the girl that's riding the guy, and rams it up, up through her body, and her body splits in half when she's riding him. It's shocking. Like, it is shockingly it's cool. gory. It's a, it's, 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 it's a really cool scene. And what's really cool on this DVD, they have bonus features of how they did the scene and how they did, like, a mold casting of her and how they just, like, filled this mold casting of all these innards and shit of her. And they did old school, which I was surprised with. They filled it with uh, condoms, with peanut butter and jelly and a red velvet cake mix. Oh, 
interesting. You know what I mean? Just kind of just like give this like gooey stuff. I was like so impressed by it. And the cut to see in this movie is the NC-17 on rated cut because that's oh, yeah. that's what's going to make it fun. But it's not fun. I also want to mention, uh, like, I guess a, a nod to an awesome kill or just makeup in general is I think it was the mustache guy when he was Jason and he passes it on to somebody else and then he melts. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was, was amazing. Yeah, that was the cop who passed it to the boyfriend or the soon-to-be husband guy. That's right, yeah, and yeah, he, that TV guy. Melts. Okay. He melts and his jaw, like, falls off on the floor, and I was like, whoa, okay, this is something altogether different. When full Wicked Witch to the West. I will say this negative before I say this positive about this movie. This is not a Jason movie. This is not a Friday the 13th movie. This is a movie that's clearly made by a guy who was raised on film sets because this is me not knock. Well, it's me knocking him, but that's, but that's the truth. This director was raised on horror film sets. So every scene in this movie was just an homage from eighties horror movies. And he didn't know a clear story to tell until he got the great idea at the end of the movie where he's like, I have an idea. Hey, Kane, why don't you put the Freddy glove on? it take Jason's mask down and start laughing because that Freddy glove is Kane hotter. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so Kane plays Jason and, and Freddy. Freddy. So it's like, that's an interesting concept. That's really interesting. And then 10 years later, you give me the movie and I'm happy with the movie for what it was, but it's like, but not with Kane. Right. <laughs> I was so dude, I, I was straight up like, so we we did we did Freddy versus Jason last season I think it was on the show, and uh, what did we? Oh yeah, it was Aliens vs Predator and Freddy vs Jason, and I enjoyed it this time. I enjoyed the rewatch. I went and seen it in the theater, and I was so disappointed in that movie when I first saw it. Freddy vs Jason, AVP. I'll always be disappointed in. Randall, you and I are friends because you said that you don't like AVP because that movie doesn't exist in my opinion. Um, are there people that? actively like it i would like to see them do it now with the newer alien and predator movies that they're doing they'll still still muck it up no yeah please don't do it where do you guys feel like this i feel like we've already answered this this set of three falls into the original trilogy of trilogies because we've got what did we call it paul the first trilogy basically is origin story or the origin and then the tommy jarvis trilogy and then this one's supernatural yeah, you were calling it the Supernatural trilogy. I was in my head. I'm like, I think partway through the second of this trilogy, I'm like, this is the, f- this is the gimmick trilogy, is what this is. <laughs> Each movie has a different gimmick. You got telekinesis, you got New York, and you got demon. Like different, wildly out there gimmick for each of these. So it really is the bottom of the barrel trilogy. Yeah, it's hard to beat the first three. Like, there's not really. I mean, there's elements of. There's even in some of the worst ones, there's elements that stick out as like, that's a great moment in the franchise, even though the whole rest of this movie is, is garbage. But like, if you want quintessential Friday the 13th, man, you can't beat the first three. I mean, you kind of have to go into four when he dies. When does he get the mask? Is that four or is that three? That's three, isn't it? Three. He gets the mask in three because he's uh, strong arm, Pamela, potato sack. And then he gets the 
mask in three and then dies in four. I I feel like the Tommy Jarvis trilogy is maybe our better Friday the 13th films. And these are worse films, but they ha- there's a lot of really interesting things going on in here. This trilogy is the Rocky Horror Picture trilogy. <laughs> yeah. That, no, yeah. I, I totally that. get it. Where it's, they're just like full camp. Yeah, it's 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 not good. I mean, I don't care. People listen. Rocky Horror Picture Show is not a good movie. It's not a good movie. I respect it for what it is. I understand that people dress up. Hell, I've done it with friends. It's fun it's to sit fun. down and watch. It's fun to sit down and watch. But you cannot tell me that any one of these three movies, just like Rocky Horror Picture Show, is legitimately a good f- film. You can't no. tell me that. No. no, no. I would say the best out of the bunch when it comes to a film standpoint would be Seven, The New Blood. But the one that I had the most fun with was Takes Manhattan because he doesn't take Manhattan. He took a boat. He took a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> I'm on waiting for I it. would I would actually dude I would totally agree with you. Eight's eight's the most entertaining, I think. Yeah, I would have I liked mean, to yeah. see nine with a more seasoned director. Yeah. Because his age that. and uh inexperience really showed. And I think a more seasoned director might I mean, you polish a turd, it's still a turd, but it might have at least been a shinier turd. That's the whole thing. My problem is like it's I think the concept's flawed. I don't think you can fix nine. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. It's interesting. All Jason movies from assuming we get them again, they will never acknowledge it. I, I have a feeling we will It'll never touch five. on it. It'll just be like five. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just like demon. What? No, he's a murder zombie. So I don't think you can fix nine. I think you fix Hell, nine we don't by exa- taking Jason out We don't out acknowledge of it. it now anyway. We basically go from eight to ten. Yeah. Uh, Jason Paul's X right. does, yeah. Right. Jason X, yeah, it doesn't acknowledge it. You're right. No, yeah, and I don't. Right. I don't think they will. No. Here's the thing: is that you know, people that I know in the horror world love Nine for what it is as a horror f- a film, just like some people love, uh, you know, Halloween Three as a horror film. And I understand that concept, and I'm not going to disagree with you on that concept. However, though, I will fight you and say that Number Nine is a good Friday the Thirteenth film because it's not a Friday the Thirteenth film. And it's a good it, slasher film. Yes, it is a great slasher film. It's fun. It's entertaining when it comes to that aspect. But when you sit here and tell me, hey, guess what? Open your mouth and I'm going to f- eat it, eat it, eat it. Force fed this Friday 13th bullshit. It's not going to work. Nine is a fun horror homage to the 80s film. It's a terrible Friday 13th movie. Eight was the most fun. Seven was the best movie if i have to say that you fix nine by taking jason out of it or making it not a jason film and just having jason be another horror film that that film references there you go or the other way you fix nine is the demon has nothing to do with jason everyone assumes it's jason and jason has to take this guy out there you go jason himself was possessed possessed by the demon and the demon got out and now jason's He's out for blood. Jason versus Cthulhu. Let's go for it. <laughs> yes. We got to do final thoughts on all this, all this, all this Jason. We covered 
virtually every Friday the 13th movie this season. It's kind of amazing. That's a whole lot of hockey masks. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts for me would be the first three, watch the Tommy Jarvis series, watch, and then just, just end at six. Just end at six. You don't need to go on anymore. But if you want to go down that rabbit hole of just absurdity, then go through the supernatural version. Just, well, just, if just you're going to go watch ahead. the Tommy Jarvis ones, you can skip five. Right. Just go through it. It's crazy. It's ludicrous. But what a fun time it is. All right. Here's my final thoughts along those lines. Watch the first three. Watch the fourth one. You've got that far. You better keep watching them all. You've already <laughs> invested this time into it. They will get worse. But that's okay. Because you've you've gone this far. You've invested this much time. Go all the way. That's good. That's, <laughs> watch them all. That's good. They're all trash, but man. They're enjoyable trash. I know we talk, we trash, we we just slammed them most of this time, but it's a good slam though. I mean, if you've committed this much time to the character, you owe it to yourself to see it through. You you have to. It's kind of a fascinating, weird train wreck, where it's not a complete disaster at any given point, but it's never really that great. It's just kind of fascinating. It's also kind of interesting snapshot, like continual evolving snapshot of the slasher genre through the entire decade of the 80s. I think it's more the de-evolution of the slasher genre. You're not wrong there. And somewhere early in the series, throw throw a sleepaway camp in there, and then a little later in the series, throw a sleepaway camp 2 in there, and then stop with that series. <laughs> and throw in Hatchet just for the fun of it. I couldn't get into it, man. Okay, we need to end this. Gentlemen, I really appreciate you guys joining me for this special but uh it's been fun like you you guys have made this a very entertaining (laughs) conversation to be a part of paul tell us where people can find more of you if they enjoyed your thoughts on this check out moose's monster mash every month on the uh, 25th of every month at electronicmediacollective.com all right jordan and how about you you can check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. We are the newest movie of the week review. And uh, you can check us out on Twitter, on Facebook, all social media, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and also here on EMC Network. All right. And this, has, as usual, has been Randy. And this is the end of season four, the end of the horror-themed season of Grolic Cinematic Universe. I love doing horror movies so i would be tempted to keep just doing horror movies but i'm not going to commit to anything for next season which means we're also probably going to take a little break because i need i need time i need well, time. It just means you have to come on my show more often yeah you're right if i want to talk horror movies that's what i'll do and uh you can find me on twitter at randall sylvie there's one l in randall i'm not like those other weirdos with two l's or go to randallsylvie.com you can find my a lot of my current stuff that I'm appearing on, different podcasts and stuff. And, of course, Grolix Cinematic Universe is on Twitter at GCU Podcast or go to GrolixPodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X Podcast.com. Thanks, and uh, if you go camping, don't do drugs. Don't have premarital sex. You'll probably still get murdered, but uh, not first. So Remember, (sighs) you want to be the final girl. (laughs) Yeah, if you can, be the final girl. Or go crazy and they'll set you up like you're going to be the new Jason and then immediately write you off on the next movie. <laughs> <There>. <laughs> <laughs>
I think when he sucks face with the gay cop, like when he shaves the cop, because he's like, hey, I don't want to get, you know. The shaving is so weird. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, but it's like crazy good for some reason. It's like, hey, I'm going to shave you because I don't want to get tickled. But I have a mustache <laughs> too. Dude, I guess, gee, I didn't think about it that way. I guess it, I guess it is that way. I was thinking like, <laughs> I was thinking like, Jason's got standards. Jason ain't going to wear no mustache. Which is the funny like, thing he, though, is that black Jason had a mustache. <laughs> well, maybe he tried it. He and didn't he, like it. He didn't like it. 